This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, Ellen's apology as fallout continues at her talk show. Oh my God, this is, I have something to say. The big change is coming after claims of a toxic workplace, plus the celeb calling out Ellen now. When people are tired of me, I think I'll sense that. Then, Naya Rivera's death certificate revealed as she makes her final TV appearance today. Yeah, I have a four-year-old son. Plus, Dancing with the Stars. It's going to be different. An update on production plans in a pandemic. You can't really wear a mask when you're dancing. And the Osbournes' new project, Hunting Bigfoot. It is terrifying. E.T. starts now. Well, things are getting interesting at the Ellen DeGeneres show. Three days after news broke that the show was under investigation for allegations of a hostile work environment, Ellen addresses the staff. I love making people happy. I can't do the things you do because I'm the be kind girl. I think that I was a nice person to begin with and I hope I've gotten nicer. I am disappointed. I am sorry. Those are the words in Ellen's apology letter responding to recent allegations that her show is a toxic workplace and has a culture of fear. E.T. obtained a copy of the letter where Ellen says, my name is on the show and everything we do, and I take responsibility for that. As we've grown exponentially, I've not been able to stay on top of everything and relied on others to do their jobs as they knew I'd want them done. Clearly, some didn't. That will now change. 
the apology seems to hit certain beats uh, that I think were definitely advised by a legal team. What's interesting about the apology is that she seems to have blamed sort of a set of, of people or advisors. Comedian Brad Garrett wasn't having it. The Everybody Loves Raymond star tagged Ellen's show and tweeted, sorry, but it comes from the top. No more than one who were treated horribly by her. Common knowledge. I think that Brad sort of said uh, what many people inside the industry uh, were thinking. Ellen's staff apology came after an internal investigation was launched, but just hours before another explosive article was published last night, BuzzFeed, after speaking to 36 former employees, claimed three executive producers engaged in rampant sexual misconduct and harassment. So almost instantly, within eight days of this investigation, sources told us that a top Ellen producer will not be joining the show when it comes back in the fall. This morning, Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun, came to Ellen's defense, calling her a kind, thoughtful, courageous human being. Meanwhile, Australian radio host Neil Breen said he had a difficult experience working with Ellen's producers when she appeared on the Today Show there in 2013. The producers called us aside and said, no one's to talk to Ellen. You don't talk to her, you don't approach her, you don't look at her, or I can't look at her. I found the whole thing bizarre. I think it's anyone's guess uh, how long, you know, actually Ellen can stay uh, stay, stay comfortably on the air with, with what's been put out there so far. Moving on to Naya Rivera, we have learned that her family said their final goodbyes to the former Glee star as Naya's final TV project is revealed. Actor and singer, Naya Rivera. That's Naya on season three of Netflix baking competition show, Sugar Rush, which just dropped today. Birds of a feather stick together, my friend. They do. That's right. Filmed in February, the episode was dedicated to the late Glee star who passed away just over three weeks ago in the waters of Lake Piru, California. Fans are prepping to hold a celebration of life there tomorrow. E.T. has obtained Naya's death certificate, which indicates she drowned in a matter of minutes. It also reveals the 33-year-old was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in L.A. one week ago today. Bury me in satin, lay me down on a bed of roses. A source tells E.T. that Naya's funeral service was, quote, very small, about 25 family members and close friends, including Glee cast members. Now to singer Tamar Braxton, speaking out for the first time since her suicide attempt. I'm not playing Russian roulette with my life anymore, period. What's the emergency? Uh, my girlfriend is not responding. Two weeks after being found unconscious at a downtown L.A. hotel, Tamar posted a lengthy message thanking fans for their prayers alongside a photo with her and seven-year-old son Logan. The reality star then took aim at how she was being portrayed on TV. Quote, I was existing for the purpose of a corporation's gain and ratings, and that killed me. Tamar is headed downstairs. Just <laughs> at work. They've taken away her happiness, everything she held by everything. That's Tamar's boyfriend David in tears when he called 911 the day of her suspected overdose. Tamar, who starred on various WeTV reality shows for a decade, claims, quote, I was betrayed, taken advantage of, overworked, and underpaid. I wrote a letter over two months ago asking to be freed from what I believed was excessive and unfair. My cry for help went totally ignored. Nope, that's it for me. I'm out. I can't. Uh-uh. In a statement, WeTV says it will work with her representatives to honor her request to end all future work for the network. Tamar says she sought treatment and will now utilize her voice to be an ally for, quote, every black and brown person who has suffered from the continued exploitation of reality television. Now to a Goldberg star accused of sexual assault. Wait, 
people know this? That's actor Brian Callen, who played gym teacher and coach Rick Meller on the show and in the ABC spinoff, School. They called me the, uh, the one in school. People were drawn to The chosen one, yes. In a new LA Times article, four women claim Brian was verbally and physically aggressive. One accuses him of rape. The comic has denied the allegations, but today, comedian Amy Schumer posted, quote, thank you to the brave women coming forward and to the comics who are annoyed with me for standing with these ladies. What are you so afraid of? Amy provided her phone number for any other women, ending her post with Brian Callen. Have a nice day. Now to the sweeping changes over at Dancing with the Stars and what needs to happen for the show to come back in the fall. E.T. has learned Dancing with the Stars is taking COVID-19 precautions seriously and guidelines will be in place, but the ultimate goal is to air live as usual inside the ballroom. Of course, there will be one massive change. You need to get ready because it's going to be different. Tyra Banks will replace Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews and become the show's only host. Former pro Derek Huff reacted to the shakeup. I guess I was pretty shocked. You know, Tyra Banks, I thought she was a fantastic host on um, America's Got Talent. I feel optimistic. I spoke exclusively with veteran pro Whitney Carson and her husband, Carson McAllister, and she couldn't be more thrilled. It definitely will be very different, but I think change is good. And if you're wondering why the 26-year-old dancer looks particularly glowy, they are expecting their first baby. We saw a little bump on Instagram. Is this baby's first interview? Baby's first interview. Whitney is 16 weeks along, and she broke the big news to me about her future on the show. Will you be returning in the fall as a pro? So I will not be joining this season. It's just, you know, so hard with COVID. I think it's just better to take a step back just for for safety reasons. Whitney is the second pro to announce a quarantine baby. Her bestie, Lindsay Arnold, is also pregnant. Well, Lindsay, I think is having a girl, right? When will you two find out? So we actually already know, but we are waiting to reveal that a little bit later. Given everything we know about the pandemic, how could you see the logistics of the show changing? Maybe no audience, which is so sad because that's where we just, we get our energy from. Yeah, they might quarantine everybody because, I mean, you can't really wear a mask when you're dancing. No solid answers, I'm sorry. (laughs) I know it's happening, that's for sure. Well, if you haven't seen Watchmen, now is the perfect time to binge it. I just did. The HBO drama got 26 Emmy nominations and is this year's most nominated show. So here's everything you need to know. Stop getting close. Back up, back up. When I sent my son the picture, he was like, yo, (laughs) mom. I'm officially a cool mom now. mom Regina King just nabbed an Emmy nom for her lead role in Watchmen as the masked police detective Angela Abar. I love Angela because she's feminine. Look, she can bake, but she's a badass. That's reason number one why this HBO series is special. Watchmen flips the script on the sci-fi superhero formula. Women over 40 lead the action. Regina is 49. Emmy nominee Gene Smart, who plays an FBI agent, is 68. I was always a late bloomer, so that's okay. This is good. (laughs) Another reason to watch? Well, the show bends time and space, but it's almost like creators knew exactly what we'd be going through right now. So it's a racist detector. The show tackles racism. And who could have predicted this? 
Masks save lives. The characters wear masks. In fact, Tulsa police on the show wore yellow face covering similar to what was adopted by the real life police in Seattle. And one more reason to love Watchmen, breakout star Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. The super fit 34 year old was overwhelmed by his Emmy nom. Oh, I got an Emmy nom, I got nominated. Regina makes it so easy to work with. We sort of poke at each other a lot in between the takes and it makes it really fun to let that energy transition well over into the scenes. By the way, you're gonna see a lot more of Yahya in Aquaman 2 and also Jordan Peele's upcoming Candyman. And yes, I am already avoiding all mirrors. <laughs> also, you know who else is drawn into the supernatural? The Osbournes. There's nothing that really scares you, is there? My wife. Our exclusive <laughs> with the Osbournes on their haunting new series. It's the alien. Then, the Go-Go's are back and sharing never before heard stories behind the music. I didn't think anybody knew that I was, uh, you know, a cocaine addict. It was like very intense. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin Frazier. The ET podcast is a great listen when you're on the go, but the TV show, even better to watch every weekday when you're at home. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. Ozzy, how are you doing health-wise now? How are you feeling? You look great. I'm feeling better every day. It's so slow. I go in the swimming pool for an hour every day. I work out every day. You think 2020's bad? 2019 for Ozzy included getting diagnosed with Parkinson's and three major surgeries to his neck and spine after a nasty fall. But now the 71-year-old is finally off all his meds, on the mend, and still funny as ever. Ozzy, there's nothing that really scares you, is there? My wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get the full Ozzy as he and Sharon join their ghost hunting son, Jack, for The Osbournes Want to Believe. The eight-episode series premieres Sunday on the Travel Channel and explores everything from Bigfoot to extraterrestrials. It's the alien. What do you think about this whole thing, and especially that Jack is this kind of ghost hunter now? The son of the Prince of Darkness, he's not going to be a local vicar. Seeing is believing. One of the challenges of doing this show also is keeping it family friendly. Are there times where you have to stop down and turn to each other and just say, whoa, easy. <laughs> Every day. Stop swearing. What's next for the Osbournes? Well, Jack has started filming all new episodes of Portals to Hell. Sharon has the talk and Ozzy's A&E biography premieres on Labor Day. You'll be back on stage and you'll keep doing it, won't you? Absolutely. I mean, as soon as I get my uh, back on my feet, I'll be out. I'm, I can't wait. Pandemic or not. If I have to, I'll wheel him on. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy will never stop performing. By the way, you know who can't wait to get back on stage? The Go-Go's. We're with the reunited group celebrating four decades of hits. To me, we look super cute, super young, and super hungover. <laughs> then, I should probably go to bed. Our exclusive with Dan and Shay, how the pandemic helped them make one of their best songs yet. That was a crazy process. And the pop star they want to work with next. I think she's one of the most talented people in the world, obviously. American dream. You can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. 
we were the first all-female band to write their own songs, play their own instruments, and be massively successful. When I wrote Vacation, I was 20 years old. I wrote the lyrics on a napkin on an airplane. We were like regular girls. We weren't like, you know, fashion models or anything. From the Go-Go's punk rock look to the spiked hair, those 80s fashions and hairstyles are everything. Today, each of the ladies are in their 60s and living all around the world. Yeah, it's hard to believe the ultimate girl group first got together more than 40 years ago, and E.T. has been with them every step of the way. They'd always say, what are you dressed up for? Is that your costume? Oh my god! <laughs> to me, we look super cute, super young, and super hungover. <laughs> At the height of their fame, most fans had no idea that behind their girl next door image, the Go-Go's were plagued by drug and alcohol abuse. I didn't think anybody knew that I was, uh, you know, a cocaine addict. It was our way of coping with stuff. You know, like if we were happy, we'd party. If we were upset, we'd party. How did you guys support each other through those tough times? You know, when, when things came up like someone's drug use or whatever, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of tools to deal with the kind yeah. of things that come along with that kind of fame because it was like very intense. Belinda had a huge solo career after the band briefly broke up, and now the ups and downs of their rock and roll life is laid bare in the Go-Go's new documentary premiering today on Showtime. I think the documentary really helped all of us actually heal any remaining wounds we had with each other. And they're still making music. Today, they dropped their first single in almost 20 years, titled Club Zero. It was inspired by the Me Too movement. The band's 2020 tour was shut down by the pandemic, but expect them to hit the road next summer. 40 years later, people are still loving our music, and yeah. it's good to be in go-go land these days. <laughs> well, let's keep the good vibes going with one of our favorite country duos, Dan and Shay. Rachel joins us now with that exclusive. I'm jealous. Hey, Rach. Hey there, Nichelle. Yeah, the guys have been busy with new music, kids, and keeping in touch with old friends. Have y'all kept in touch with Justin and Haley during the pandemic and quarantine at all? How are they doing? Yeah, I think they're doing well. They're on a road trip right now. Uh, they're all <laughs> over the place. I think Justin's been like, he's on his bus, which looks like way nicer than our buses. It's awesome. <laughs> Dan and Chase single with the Beebs is up for three ACM awards, including Song of the Year. It's been a wild ride for the best friends who met at a Nashville house party nearly eight years ago. Next. There's a lot of people that we'd love to collaborate with. I, we always talk about this, about how incredible we love Adele. I think she's one of the most talented people in the world, obviously. Fresh off the guy's second Grammy win in January, Shay and his wife welcomed baby number two. Shay, you've got a house full over there, mister. <laughs> oh, he's smiling! <laughs> you've got Ames, you've got Asher. How is quarantine life been treating you? <laughs> Man, I, uh, it has been, it's been awesome. You know, touring is, is incredible and we love it. But, uh, you know, being able to spend time with your, with my kids and, and with my wife has been amazing. Blue hat, green hat, red hat. Oops. <laughs> 
As for Dan, he's been hanging with his wife and therefore pups. This summer, the duo was supposed to be on tour. When that was postponed, they got back to making music. And today, they dropped the song, I Should Probably Go To Bed, which they wrote in under two hours and produced from home. I should probably go to bed. I should probably turn off my phone. All the studios were closed. It was like, well, we got to kind of figure it out on our own. It's, it's crazy what you can do with just a laptop and a keyboard and, you know, a couple microphones in a room. How in the world did you shoot a video of this caliber <laughs> during quarantine? That was, a, that was a crazy process. Everybody got tested, everyone was socially distanced and wearing masks. This is the, the biggest video we've ever done, but we can finally say we do our own stunts. Go to bed. I'm telling you, this video is impressive and definitely worth a watch. All right, coming up, think you're being catfished? The host of MTV's hit series is giving us the red flags to look out for. Next. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin Frazier. The ET Podcast is a great listen when you're on the go. But the TV show, even better to watch every weekday when you're at home. Check your local listings for where ET airs in your market or go to etonline.com. Before we go, I just want to take a second to recognize and say congratulations to one of our own. Mr. Tom Haig is officially retiring after two decades at Entertainment Tonight. Now, Tom is a vital part of our control room production team. I also have to say that Tom is one of the best human beings on the planet, a devoted husband and a loving father. He raised two genius level daughters. Clearly that's their mother's DNA. I will miss seeing Tom each and every day on his morning walk. He would greet you with a smile, but I want you to know that on behalf of everyone at Entertainment Tonight, you always have a home at ET. And once this pandemic is over, we'll do this in a proper way. All right, we're gonna leave you now with a sneak peek at MTV's hit series, Catfish. It's back next Wednesday with all new virtual episodes. Kelty spoke to the show's host, Neve Shulman. Because even catfish work from home. Can you give three red flags that could potentially point to a catfish? There are still a lot of people who claim they can't video chat. I don't think everyone should be on social media, but these days, that to me always is suspicious. Wait, 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 wait. This is another interesting one. We used to say that like, if you're talking to someone and someone in their family is sick, conveniently around the time that you're supposed to meet, that often is an excuse that catfish will use, but now you kind of have to believe them. If you like entertainment tonight, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what 
she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.